Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in hour number two here on Point Spread Sunday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Mark Zeno. Appreciate you joining me coming up this hour. We'll do our blind resume reveal in college basketball as well. Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus will help us figure out the quarterback carousel and where it goes. And of course, for the end of the show, I will give you my plays of the day in the NBA, in college, and even an ice pick for you coming up before the end of the show. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Mark Zeno, M A R K Z I N N O, and appreciate you guys reaching out and contacting me, including Mile High Mike, who reminded me that it's not Devlin Hodges in Pittsburgh. It's Mason Rudolph. Guess what? Who cares? Neither one of those guys are starting week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, as uh, I, I believe that they won't sit there and, and allow their quarterback to be that in, in that situation. Neither one of those guys are competent enough quarterbacks to play for a full 17 games and get that team to the playoffs. If they're the Pittsburgh Steelers that I know and the one that I've grown up watching for the last you know 30 years, uh, they're not going into the playoffs with that. They're not going to make the playoffs with that quarterback room of, of Mason Rudolph and whoever else it is. So I truly believe that they will address the quarterback situation one way or another. Uh, and also a, a tweet from uh, nearly 1978 who got at me for saying Baylor has one good win. I apologize. They have two good wins. One against Villanova, one against Texas, but doesn't change the point. I think that they are a little bit overrated this year uh, in where they are. Uh, I just, it's not a team that I'm backing. I think there's a lot of extra sort of um, public flair for them, public love for them because they won the national title last year. And, and I understand why that's there, but I just don't think they're as good this year as they were last year. Uh, and especially when you talk about them against the number, they're nowhere near uh, as good as, as some of the other teams in America. So uh, again, it, it, Reasonable people can choose to disagree, guys, and, and I love the tweets and appreciate you guys coming at me on Twitter at Mark Zeno. But, you know, uh, Baylor is a team that I'm just I, I don't think is going to get to the final four again. It's just uh, it's just where, where, where I sit right now. Could be wrong. We'll wait and see. Speaking of college basketball, as we look at things down the stretch, because betting the final two weeks of the college basketball regular season is clearly different than betting the first two weeks of the college basketball regular season. And let's take a look at some of the spots and some of the teams that are really good down the stretch here in college hoops, home teams in power conferences have gone 469 and 240 straight up and 409 and 278 against the spread in the final two weeks of the regular season since 2017. And that's from Steve Mackin our point spread weekly editor. Uh, and that is a great thing to look for when it comes to this final week of 
the regular season and what we're looking at. You know, a lot of times, a lot of things happen here in the final weeks of the regular season. You get a senior night. That's a big emotional game. It's a huge lift game for the home teams. They always want to try to win that one. So you can see why the straight up record is as good as it is. But some of the teams that have done really well down the stretch here, um, the top teams you're looking at Oregon, Virginia, Kansas, as you see their straight up record there, even their ATS record, Oregon, 15, four and one against the number. Purdue has done great against the number as is Providence. We talked about Providence a moment ago with John Jastrzemski, 12 and five against the number at home as they close out the regular Big East season title. Michigan State, wish we would have known this one yesterday as we talked about Michigan State and Purdue. This would have been a good little nugget to have in our back pocket. 16-5 and five straight up and 14-7 and seven against the number. That's a 66% winning percentage, 66% winning percentage for Michigan State at home. Um, and you see Kentucky there struggling a little bit below 500. Arkansas, another one. We've seen how well they've played at Bud Walton Arena. They get a win yesterday against Kentucky, but combined 106 and 63 against the spread. That's 62.7% in the final two weeks of the regular season over the last five years. Now, four different teams have gone at least 70% or better against the spread in the final two weeks of the regular season over the last five years. And here they are. Georgia Tech of all teams, uh, and some of that was inflated by uh, last year's uh, tournament run. But 16 and three against the spread. Oklahoma State 16 four and one, along with Oregon again right there, and Providence. Uh, you see how they are against the number. Probably some games and spots you can look for Georgia Tech, and especially Oklahoma State. You know they play in the Big 12. They're going to be a dog a lot. Uh, here down the stretch in the final three or four games uh, as they play some of the better competition. Great spot to take advantage of them catching points at home uh, as a ro as a home dog. And that's why those numbers are what they are. Now let's look at uh, Power 5 conference teams to hit the home stretch, the bottom feeder teams to look at. These are where you can jump up against them. One of them playing today in Georgetown as they're getting 11 points at home, but they are 8-12 and 12 against the number. Alabama actually wins and covers at home yesterday. Um, when you look at them, six and 14 straight up and against the spread Pittsburgh, Boston, College, Iowa state, another team that's struggling in the big 12. Again, they'll play some top 25 teams spots. You can look to take advantage of DePaul in the big East, Nebraska in the big 10 TCU. Interesting because we kind of been pumping them up here yesterday. And today they get a win yesterday against Texas tech at home and cover the game an outright win. Uh, but they're a team that has struggled at home combined 66 and 100. That's just 39.8% final two weeks of the regular season. Those teams Right there. A couple more here to get to as you look at Power Five conference teams that hit the home stretch. The best home teams right there are Florida State, Kansas, Michigan State, Oregon, all undefeated at home. You see Arkansas, Duke, Creighton, and Georgia Tech, just one loss teams there. Uh, and you see there against the spread record uh, as Georgia Tech once again there. And Arkansas continues to be very, very good at home, both straight up and against the number. And again, Michigan State would have been helpful to us yesterday. Probably should have had this graphic yesterday. Thank you very much to my boys back in <laughs> at the South Point running the show. But as we were on the wrong side yesterday with Purdue, combined 62 and 15 against the number 80.5% final two weeks of the regular season here. And Power Five conference teams to hit the home stretch, the worst teams, again, similar to what you'll see here. Georgetown, Pittsburgh, TCU, uh, Missouri, another team at the, the bottom of the SEC as they'll face some top 25 opponents uh, down the rest of the stretch here as they close things out. Alabama, this is not a good trend for Alabama as a team that is a bubble team. A good win yesterday against uh, South Carolina as they cover a big spread of 11 
Um, and but this is a Bama team that kind of needs a, a couple of signature wins down the stretch uh, as you look at them. And, and I don't know that I have a whole lot of trust in their defense is absolutely awful. Uh, and, and if they don't have a great shooting night and they don't get to the mid 80s, uh, it's going to be tough for them to win. I just don't think you can do that on the regular, um, not only through the SEC tournament, but in the NCAA tournament. If they make it there, uh, also look at Vanderbilt and the SEC uh, as they'll face some top 25 opponents, probably some places you can take advantage of it combined just 37.8% against the spread final two weeks of the regular season are those teams. So possibly some places you could take advantage of uh, some teams there. And again, look at the the top 25 yesterday and how everything shook out with the top six teams in the AP all losing on the road in conference play. Seven of the top 10 teams lose yesterday. You know, and and it's interesting because when we, whenever we talk about college hoops, we, we, we tend to forget a little bit about uh, the Pac-12. I mean, obviously, Arizona is one of the more complete teams in America. I've said that repeatedly. They lose yesterday. But it's UCLA and USC that I look at that I really feel like could make some noise uh, in the NCAA tournament, particularly USC. Uh, I really, really like this team. Uh, I like the way they're built. Uh, a very high-scoring team. This is a, 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 a team I feel kind of has been underrated a little bit this year. And again, they play a lot of their games on the West Coast, so not everybody watches, and we don't really talk about them in the national conscious, we talk about a team like Arizona because they only have two losses on their schedule now three. Um, but you know, this is a team that really, uh, you, you look at the numbers for USC, uh, Isaiah Mobley, a guy that, you know, uh, doesn't really garner a lot of the national player of the year attention, but certainly is one that is, is a guy that you, you can look at drew Peterson, one of the best assist men in America for USC. Um, they average almost 74 points per game. One of the highest scoring teams, uh, in the country, and their defense is really stout. I mean, I, I try to find complete teams for the NCAA tournament at least to get me through the first two rounds um, because I want teams that if they have a bad shooting day, that they have the, uh, the the defense to keep them in the game long enough. Or, you know, if, if their defense is lagging, they can score with teams that can play up pace. These are the kind of complete teams I kind of look to get me through the Sweet 16 because I think the handicapping changes once you get to the Sweet 16, and typically you're playing – other power five schools are playing other similar, you know, schools and, and other similar programs that are of the same ilk that you've played all year long. You know, you're not getting the Florida Gulf Coast and, and some of these smaller schools in the first round. That you don't really get a chance to see and don't really know other than studying some game tape on them for 72 hours before you end up facing them. This is kind of the way I, I look for teams through the first two rounds of the tournament is can they play on both ends of the floor, which is again, why I think Alabama is really floored. They'd be susceptible if they make the tournament to lose in the first round because their defense is so bad. But I think a team like USC has, has sweet 16 written all over them. I think a team like US, UCLA has sweet 16 written all over them. And typically when you get to the NCAA tournament, you always get a conference that sort of pushes its way through. And the PAC 12 seems to be one of those teams. They might only get four teams in um, you talk about those three, they might squeeze one more team in and that could be enough for them, all three of those teams, to get to the Sweet 16 because those teams are very complete teams. Same thing with UCLA. Um, and again, you're going to get stuck with some of these bigger conferences, um, the Big 12 and the SEC that are going to get five, six, maybe even seven teams in. When you look at it across the board, um, those are teams where you could get tripped up a lot more because they aren't as complete. Take a team like Texas. They win yesterday against West Virginia. Hey, they scored 80. They haven't really done that this season. Why? Because their offense is bad. Their defense is phenomenal, but their offense is not consistent enough for me to believe in them. And that's going to be a tournament. 
um, because they're going to they're win 11, maybe 12 conference games, uh, and, and they're going to have 23, 24 wins on their regular season schedule. But I just don't trust them when it comes to offense. If they have a bad shooting day, uh, any team that, that can just make shots down the stretch against them, they can be beat. Not a very complete team. Good team and kind of boring team to watch if you're not really into you know defensive games, but certainly a spot where you know they uh, they can get tripped up early on in the NCAA. All right, coming up next here, uh, we'll do our blind resume reveal in college hoops. Put two teams side by side. Which ticket would you rather have of similar odds to win the national tournament, national title? That's coming up next. I'm Mark Zinno. Appreciate you joining me here on Point Spread Sunday. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zinno. Make sure you stay with us here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free... This segment of Point Spread Sunday brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen Citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect just for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. Head over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find, F-I-N-D. Welcome back to Point Spread Sunday. I'm Mark Zinno. Uh, Zin for Zinno. Always a, a good, good marketing strategy here on VEASAN. 
Uh, I kid. But nonetheless, welcome back to Point Spread Saturday here on or Sunday, rather, on VEASAN, the sports betting network, uh, as we did yesterday, Point Spread Saturday. Today, your Point Spread Sunday. Appreciate you guys joining us and spending your Sunday morning with us as we get you set for the day of betting. Uh, before the end of the show, we'll talk with Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus, take a look at the quarterback carousel and how it'll affect the odds around the rest of the NFL. As well, uh, I'll give you the, my complete rundown of picks for today in the NBA college and even an ice pick for you coming up before the end of the show. Uh, but we had fun doing this yesterday on Point Spread Saturday, so we'll do it again here. Our blind resume reveal for college basketball. Look at two teams with the exact same odds to win the national title and some of their uh, statistics and which ticket would you rather have or rather be holding uh, as far as their chances to win the national title. So we'll bring them up here on the screen and take a look at our blind resume of two teams coming up first, both 25 to 1 to win the national title. Team A, you see there, 11 in adjusted offense on Ken Palm and 34th in adjusted defense. Team B, 50th in adjusted offense and first in adjusted defense. Now, when you look at this, again, I tell you how much I appreciate defense. We talked with John Dostremski, the ringer earlier. Same thing. I'd rather have a good defensive team than a good offensive team uh, because when you have a bad shooting night, if you have a good defensive team, you can at least keep yourself in a game and hope to make some shots down the stretch. Uh, as we do the reveal here, it's Villanova as team A and Texas Tech as team B. Now, believe it or not, as much as I applaud defense, um, I would probably rather have the Villanova ticket here. And some of that really goes to um, the coaching aspect of things uh, and the fact that they have been down this road before. Uh, now, remember, Texas Tech had Chris Beard. He's now at Texas. Uh, Mark Adams, the head coach of the Red Raiders. This is a really good Texas Tech team. Uh, I do worry a little bit about their offense. The 50th and adjusted offense sort of bothers me. Um when you look at and talk about complete teams on both ends of the floor, um, they've had good nights, but they've also had some really bad shooting nights against some good defensive teams. And and that, to me, can be a little bit problematic. I think Villanova is probably a little bit more of a complete team than Texas Tech is at this point. Uh, obviously, some some room wiggle room left with the rest of the regular season and the conference tournaments, how teams go. And sometimes great conference tournaments really sort of um, parlay into a, a good NCAA tournament run for a lot of these teams. So uh, I would lean on having the Villanova ticket over the Texas Tech, although it's it, it's pretty close. All right, on to blind resume number two. Both of these teams 50 to one to win the national title. As you see, team A, 20th in adjusted offense, 27th in adjusted defense, and team B, 13th in Ken Palm on offense, 17th in Ken Palm on defense. Uh, and, and when we do the reveal in a second, I'll, I'll tell you why, but it's just interesting when you look at this objectively, Team B probably has better numbers, but I'm going to choose Team A, and I'll tell you why as soon as we do the reveal here in just one second. Let's bring it up. You see Illinois and Houston. Houston playing today against SMU. Illinois on the road against Michigan. And why am I choosing Illinois? Because they probably have the player of the year in Kofi Cogburn. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. When it comes to the NCAA tournament, uh, it's easy for me to back players to make teams better and and have them push deep runs. Um, Kofi is the kind of player that can overtake any game that he's in uh, and put the team on his back and carry them literally through six games. Uh, Houston, as much as they are a very good complete team, and I don't really worry about them being from a different conference and, and a smaller conference and not a power five. That's not the issue for me, for them. For me, it's about a guy like Kofi being able to dominate any given game that he plays against. And typically for kids like him, uh, and young men like him, 
this is one of those things where uh, it is a, a situation of this is a guy that absolutely can carry his team through six games in March. And I can back that. Um, so I'd rather have my money on him than somebody else uh, all the way through the NCAA tournament. So give me Illinois here at 50 to one to win the national title. All right, coming up uh, here in our third blind reveal, um, you look at teams that are 70 to one to win the national championship. Uh, team A, seventh in adjusted offense, and 89th in adjusted defense, and Team B, 60th in Ken Palm on offense, 14th in defense. Uh, and these are two big-name schools, I'll tell you that much, uh, and one that has been very, very hot and one that has some questions to it. As we do the reveal here, Team A is Ohio State, and Team B is Arkansas. I do not like Ohio State, even though I'm backing them today against Maryland. Um they live and die by the three. And if you look at this team this year, when they don't shoot 40% from three, they can't win a basketball game. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, E.J. Liddell is a hell of a player. Uh, and I just spoke a moment ago about guys who can sort of carry teams. And I, and I think he can. But the way this team is constructing the offense and the way they play when they don't make threes, it is just so hard for this team to win games. Uh, as, as much as Arkansas, I think, has some flaws in the defensive end, uh, as you can see them there, um, you know, I, I don't know that they are uh, as stout defensively um, as as the numbers say. This is a team, I think, offensively that I like uh, because they play fast pace and they want to get out and run. And that's always a challenge for certain teams to be able to keep up with. Um, I would get, I would rather have the Arkansas ticket in this spot. I really would. I, I just think that they are uh, a team that is playing with so much moxie right now and so much sort of momentum. Uh, let's see how they do in the SEC tournament. Um, and, and that might might not be a bad wager to take them to win the SEC tournament. They just beat Kentucky, so you know that they can do it. Um, you know, depending on how the seeding goes and the matchups go uh, and, and what it looks like, it wouldn't surprise anybody to see Arkansas cut down the nets at the at the SEC tournament. But at, at 71 between these two teams, I just don't trust Ohio State. It's really hard for me to trust them at this point. I've seen enough of them this year, bet on them enough to know that when they don't make threes, it's going to be really hard for them to win uh, a basketball game. And for six games in March, if you're asking me for them to continually make threes at a 40% clip, that would be something somewhat historic uh, for them to shoot above 40% from three for six games in a row. Um, and if they do, they're winning the national title. I mean, it's it's that simple. So one more blind resume reveal here. As we get to our final one, you see Team A, uh, 90 to one, along with Team B. Uh, team A, 107th in adjusted offense, third in adjusted defense. And Team B, 41st and 48th, respectively, on offense and defense in Ken Palm. And Team B is a team that I spoke about just a moment ago uh, in the last segment as we do the reveal here, because this is the team that I would rather have the ticket on, given the conference. And Team B is the USC Trojans, Team A, LSU. LSU might not even make the tournament at this point in time. Um, I think they'll probably squeak their way in, but their offense is putrid. I mean, it just it is. It is not a, a offense that I can trust at all. And I know their defense is really good. And I know this goes counter to what I said before about rather having a good offense and a good defense. But, you know, objectively, when you look at um, some of these teams, LSU is just not complete enough. I mean, their offense is bad enough where they can't win a close defensive game um, or at least not six of them in March because they don't have the players on the offensive end to do it. I think USC does. You could see they're much more middle of the road on both of them. They've got a good offense and a good defense, not a great offense and a great defense, but a good offense and a good defense. And that. You know, when you talk about complete teams in March, uh, is enough for me to want to hold the ticket at 90 to one on USC over LSU. I think LSU um, 
sort of, I don't want to say it gets exposed in SEC play, but you see when you look at some of these fast-paced teams like Kentucky, Arkansas, Auburn, these teams that get out and run, they just can't keep up. I know their defense is good. And even if you take teams that in the mid-70s and slow them down to the high 60s, even mid-60s, it, I don't know that LSU has the offense to get consistently into the mid-60s to be able to score enough. They've done it at times this year. In certain spots they have, yes. But when you get to six games in March and you get past the first two rounds and you start to play the caliber of Kentucky, Auburn, and Arkansas for the next two to three games to get to a national championship game, it's they, they just don't have it. They don't have it on the offensive end at all. And so uh, I can't back them. I can back USC, though. Uh, I, again, I think the Pac-12 is going to make some noise in this tournament and surprise some people. I think all three of those teams are Sweet 16 teams, USC, UCLA, and Arizona. Um, and so I got a lot of Trojans here um, to be able to to handle business uh, and get me through at least to the Sweet 16 in March. All right, that was fun. That was our, our blind resume reveal. We did it yesterday. Do it again today. So appreciate you guys uh, playing along with us. Coming up next, uh, we will turn our attention back to the NFL. The quarterback carousel starting to spin. The rumors abound. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Where will these guys end up playing next year? Plenty of big names. We'll talk about that. Coming up next with Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus. Stay with us here on Point Spread Sunday. I'm Mark Zinno. Appreciate you joining us as always here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Back with more right here on Point Spread Sunday. Stay with us. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year, 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. You get that all with a very low price of $19, whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread or teams here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg's Hoops Peterson on every key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today and get the betting guide, plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash madness. Welcome back in to Point Spread Sunday. I'm Mark Zeno. Appreciate you spending your Sunday morning with us. As we turn our attention to the NFL, just a quick note on that $19 package for Hoops Madness. Guys, that package is just amazing. Uh, got it last year for the first time. It was worth every single penny. If you're going to bet the NCAA tournament, you absolutely need to make this investment because it is 100% worth it, all the information. If you're if you're a guy when you handicap, a guy or a gal who handicaps with a lot of numbers and information, as you all should be, this is the only place where it's all in one single spot. You don't have to search for anything. It's all right there. So definitely a worthwhile investment. All right, back to the NFL here. and Welcome in from Pro Football Focus, our good buddy Ben Brown, regular contributor here on the show as we look at the NFL and the quarterback carousel. Ben, good morning and welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on again, Mark. All right, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we look at the odds of where he's going to play next. The Packers are the favorite at minus 250. The Broncos at number two at plus 350. 49ers, the third favorite at plus 800. What's the reality you think that he's not in a Packers uniform next year? 
Yeah, I think out of all, you know, the big name quarterbacks that we're going to be talking about for, you know, the offseason until we actually see some of these these decisions happen, I do think that Aaron Rodgers is the most likely one to actually stay. Uh, I do think that we're going to see him back in Green Bay once again. Obviously, they've started restructuring a few of those contracts to be able to fit both him and Devontae Adams in uh, to their 2022 cap plan. So I like him, you know, even as a pretty heavy favorite to go back to Green Bay here in 2022. Turn our attention to Russell Wilson. Uh, same number for him to stay in Seattle at minus 250. But the Buccaneers and Steelers at 12 to 1. You see the Eagles at 14 to 1, even the Dolphins at 15 to 1. You know, it's not on this list, by the way. It should be the Giants. I thought he wanted to play in New York right. with uh, him and Ciara in New York. But that would be, uh, you know, as a Giants fan, wishful thinking. But I have a hard time believing that they're going to let him walk out of Seattle or they're going to trade him away. I think it's sort of a similar situation. But how do you handicap where Russell Wilson will play next year? Yeah, I do think there is some, you know, intricate details about this particular situation that I do think are, are you know, kind of interesting, right? So Russell Wilson last year, uh, kind of heading into that COVID-related cap situation for the Seahawks, they basically restructured everybody that they possibly could, uh, added some years to a lot of contracts, extended out money in order to kind of squeeze under what was the deflating cap last year. Uh, the only person that they didn't really do that with, Russell Wilson, I do think that the Seahawks maybe wanted to keep some optionality with relation to his contract, how they actually wanted to approach him going forward uh, and then you know the past two seasons haven't necessarily been all that great for Russell Wilson as the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks so I don't know this could be a situation where he might not even have to force his way out of Seattle like a lot of people are projecting maybe they you know want to bring on a pretty full-on rebuild of course they do have you know the two wide receivers still that are definitely capable of it, but they have a lot of holes throughout the rest of the roster that uh, definitely could be alleviated if they could get, you know, a number of high draft picks. So I do think if you're looking at, you know, maybe playing one of these long shots, expecting one of these quarterbacks to change teams, I kind of like uh, Russell Wilson to be that guy. And I, I definitely agree with you. I do think the Giants make a lot of sense given their draft capital, staying in the NFC, but kind of going to a con uh, division that isn't necessarily all that great. And I also think Philadelphia makes sense. I do think we're going to see Russell Wilson probably try to force his way to stay in the NFC uh, if he has any sort of say in the matter. And I do think the Eagles and the Giants probably make the most sense given the draft capital that they can potentially provide back to Seattle. So those are the two teams I'm playing in that particular market. I do know, obviously, he could easily return to Seattle, but uh, that's the one where I'm kind of rolling the dice a little bit here on. Yeah, the uh, thought of Russell Wilson in Eagles uniform already turning my stomach. Thank you for that this morning. <laughs> uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, again, we don't know if his legal troubles are going to be cleared up, but, you know, and and putting aside, and I'm not, you know, underscoring the, the nature of the allegations or anything like that, but just from a purely football standpoint, I even said before last year, before all this stuff happened, and I was telling all my formerly Washington football team friends, yes, I absolutely would trade Chase Young in a package deal for Deshaun Watson because the rest of the defense is that talented. Uh, but he looks like a perfect fit for the commanders. As you see, there are the leaders there, Buccaneers and Steelers and Saints all coming in. So uh, forget if you think he will play. Let's just assume he does for argument's sake of making a bet here. Where would he end up? Yeah, I mean, I do think Washington makes uh, a little bit of sense. I don't think that we're going to see Pittsburgh potentially make uh, a play for them if they're available. But I do think Carolina uh, is looking like they're definitely going to be players in this quarterback market, right? So maybe it's a guy like Kirk Cousins. We, they've been they've been linked to him in the past. But I think they would probably throw the kitchen sink at getting Deshaun Watson, who, you know, PFF has graded as, as having like the second or third best quarterback passing uh, performance from a season in that 2019-2020 year. So he has been a guy that uh, could be a 
basically change the fortunes of a franchise and get them to be potential Super Bowl candidates. And I do think that uh, any team willing to potentially uh, buy into him, if, you know, given all the legal troubles and everything else, uh, is going to get one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So I like him changing teams. I do think Carolina makes sense, Washington, but I do think this is another spot where uh, the NFC probably looks like a much better landing spot than any of the teams in the AFC uh, from my perspective for Deshaun Watson. Well, and obviously, I mean, the AFC is stacked with a whole bunch of young quarterback talent that you have to get through, so it makes sense. But you mentioned the Pittsburgh Steelers. I talked about division odds earlier. I would put money on them at plus 650 to win the AFC North. They went to the playoffs last year and won the division last year. Granted, it wasn't as competitive as it was the year before, but I have a hard time believing that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to walk into the season with Mason Rudolph as their starting quarterback. I just don't see it happening. They're too good of a franchise. They're too well-managed to not address the quarterback position, especially when they made the playoffs especially with raggedy, broken-down Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, and I agree with you. And I do think that, you know, almost any quarterback that they could even get through free agency might be an upgrade on that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger type performance that we saw last year, but they seem to be more of a, a, a team that's probably going to go through free agency or the draft to address the quarterback situation more so than kind of making one of these, you know, splashy or relatively unsplashy trades if they go for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. But I think it's more of a spot where, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and Marcus Mariota make a lot of sense. I also think, you know, a couple guys in the draft could potentially give them uh, some options as well, but you know, it's going to be uh, another ground and pound and defensive type performance for the Steelers in 2022. And, you know, given the the state of the division obviously they're you know going to be the least likely team according to betting market odds but uh they've been there before they've been there basically every year during the mike tomlin era so definitely don't want to discount them now given the fact that you know a lot of a lot of these guys even if they are mid-tier options could be basically giving them the same performance that ben roethlisberger did in 2021 i can only imagine pittsburgh sports talk radio screaming trade up and get kenny pickett he went to pit pittsburgh right. <laughs> uh anyway of course you know but that's kind of the story that fans write uh one more you mentioned him earlier uh, and this is a guy i think we've talked about kirk cousins before you know i think it changes scenery for him and the right team i think he could do exactly what matt stafford did for the rams imagine kirk cousins in pittsburgh with the rest of that roster, that coaching, that's a Super Bowl team with Kirk Cousins there. But, you know, he's done really well in Minnesota. Offensively, he's been one of the more consistent quarterbacks in the NFL year in and year out, continually and criminally underrated. Uh, and he gets a lot of blame like a lot of quarterbacks do for things that aren't his fault. But that said, uh, he may not be in Minnesota. Do you think he, he will end up somewhere else? Yeah, I think it's, I definitely think it's in the cards, right? We have Kevin O'Connell obviously was a lot more confident in Kirk Cousins being in 2022 in his initial press conference than, you know, kind of when he's had a little bit more time to not necessarily reassess the situation, but maybe talk some more with that front office that the Vikings have in place. So I could easily see him on the move, right? And I agree. I mean, he definitely has performed well, has, you know, a high adjusted completion percentage, can make basically any throw from a clean pocket. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily been the reason that the Vikings haven't won, but uh, his contract is definitely. Uh, limited some things in order for them to actually be able to be successful uh, building around him in a lot of those situations. So I think he could be on the move. Uh, I do think he could be a really solid fit uh, in Pittsburgh if they could come to some sort of agreement. Like you said, I also think Carolina is definitely going to be uh, in play for him. I do think, you know, in the NFC South, given the state of it right now, uh, the Panthers could easily you know, challenge for that division with Kirk Cousins at quarterback, given the skill position players that they have uh, around him. So I like that fit as well. But uh, I do think the Steelers would probably be, you know, pretty close to, you know, playoff contenders again with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. And that wide receiver unit actually fits his skill set, I think, uh, really nicely from that perspective. Real quick at 30 seconds, staying in the NFC South, what do the Saints do? I mean, it's, 
I don't think they should (laughs) run it back with Jameis Winston, but I think they got to, you know, I know they're restructuring a lot of deals, bringing some guys back, but I think they got to bottom out here at some point. Get, you know, get a lot of pieces back in place, then find that quarterback uh, and then make a play. But I think 2022 uh, tanking should be in the cards from my perspective for the New Orleans Saints. So we'll see how they go about that. Yeah. And let's not underscore, you know, the loss of Sean Payton there, because you know, yep. you could take a Matt Corral and put him there. You could take a Malik Willis and put him there with, with Sean Payton. The sky's the limit for those guys with anybody else. It's just a different conversation. So right. uh, certainly right. changing things to say the least for the New Orleans Saints. Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus. Appreciate your time as always and the handicapping and the insights. Thanks for the time. Thanks, guys. All right. So uh, going to be an interesting NFL offseason. Can't wait for the to start spinning coming up here as the league year begins coming up uh, in the beginning part of March. All right. Uh, coming up next, we will wrap things up on Point Spread Sunday. I'll give you all my plays in the NBA, college, and even on the ice. That is coming up next here on Point Spread Sunday. I'm Mark Zeno. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zeno. And thank you so much for spending your Sunday morning watching and listening to Visa the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio discover more shows and movies for free This is Point Spread Sunday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VSEN's full court bracket betting coverage starting on Sunday, March 13th, six hours of free live video streaming on VSEN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The VSEN college hoops experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines. To find the very best early value, don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with VEASAN College Hoops experts on Sunday, March 13th at 6 p.m. It's all free on VEASAN.com. Welcome back in to Point Spread Sunday. I'm Mark Zeno. Appreciate you spending your Sunday morning with us. Again, everybody who's 
sending me notes on Twitter at Mark Zeno. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Certainly uh, appreciate you guys spending your Sunday morning with us as we get you set for a full day of NBA hoops. Uh, some small top 25 college basketball action and even a play on the ice as I'll run through all my picks for the day. And we'll start uh, in the NBA. And full disclosure, as we pull up the graphic here, the lines that I looked at and when I handicapped these games last night, this is what the numbers were. And uh, there are some adjustments. So I will make you aware of all that as the Philadelphia 76ers take on the New York Knicks. Uh, that line is now steamed all the way to Philadelphia minus eight and a half. It opened up at Philadelphia minus seven and has quickly moved uh, to Philadelphia minus eight and a half. Look, the Knicks are three and 14 straight up over their last 17 games, five and 12 against the number in that span. You know, Philadelphia 11 and 6 straight up, 9 and 8 against the spread. James Harden, first game out, 27 points, 12 assists, 8 rebounds, a big blowout win over a high scoring team in Minnesota. RJ Barrett has 46 points for the Knicks in a 15 point loss to Miami at home. This mismatch heavily favors Philadelphia. The Knicks don't have the offense to keep up uh, in this game. And while the Knicks do have one of the top defenses uh, giving up 106 points per game, they're allowing over 110 points per game over their last 10. Philly's defense is better. They gave up just 105 points per game. Sixers are 19 and 11 against the spread on the road this season. And even though they're only four and seven against division opponents against the number, Knicks are only slightly better at five and six. I was comfortable at eight. I was comfortable, certainly comfortable at seven, even comfortable at eight. And when you start to push the eight and a half and the number steams this much, proceed with caution. Uh, I might not get to the window on this game. It's an early tip here on ABC. Um, and, and it's it's either sixes or, or nothing for me. I can't back the Knicks because of their offense. But just proceed with caution on this game uh, as you as you look at it. I mean, again, I, I think Philadelphia should be able to cover this number because the Knicks aren't very good. Um, but it's just steaming in a direction that makes gives me a little bit of pause. Next game I'm looking at here between the Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz, that game in Phoenix, uh, another line that is flipped. Last night it was Suns minus one, as you see on the screen. Right now it is Utah minus one. Um, and, and the loss to the Pelicans snapped an eight-game win streak for uh, Phoenix. They are 22-3 and three Phoenixes this calendar year. Uh, it's just insane how good they've been. Statistically, these two teams are very similar. Um, just some numbers. Phoenix is 15-7 against the number at home. Utah 13-13-1 against the number at home. Phoenix is tied for the best home record in the NBA at 26-6. I want to back them here, but the line flip scares me a little bit. Um, it's enough to give me pause. And again, I'll wait. Um, I, I, line flips always make me sort of, I know what they tell you. Right. And I know what they mean, but it's just it's, it's situations that don't always make me comfortable, uh, especially with a team like Phoenix. is as good as they are at home now catching points. Uh, it feels like a spot where uh, odds makers are telling you something for a reason that Utah is going to win the game. So, uh, again, proceed with caution on that one. Final NBA game that I'll look at for the day, Dallas and Golden State. Golden State laying four at home with a total of 220. These are two of the best cover teams in the NBA. Dallas has covered seven of their last eight. Now, Golden State. Uh, was on an 0-7 ATS run prior to um, them winning uh, and covering at Portland. So uh, they are sort of you know flipping it now, getting in the right spot. These are the number two and number four scoring defenses in the NBA. Dallas at number two, Golden State at number four. Golden State, however, is allowing 111 points per game over their last 10. And Dallas didn't break 100 in either of the first two matchups. They won the first one where neither team got above 100, but they got blown out 130 to 92, I think it was, uh, in the second one. Golden State, again, tied with Phoenix for the best home record at 26-6. and six. 
Uh, I want to make sure everybody's playing here today. Uh, you know, Clay Thompson, make sure he's in the lineup uh, and, and things of that nature. So wait to get to the window just to find out what the actives are. But if I get the full complement of Golden State, I'm going to back him at home here and lay the four as the better offensive team. They score a lot more points at home than they do on the road. And I know Dallas is very good defensively, one of the best uh, de defensive teams in the NBA here. But Golden State at home is tough for me to turn down on a number like minus four. So uh, I'll back Golden State here in this spot. All right, on to college hoops here uh, as we got a few minutes left here in my plays for what we're going to do with college inside the top 25. Told you SMU at number 14, Houston Lane, a big number at 11. Um, this is a revenge spot for Houston. They lost the first game to SMU. I'm going to take the over 137 here between these two teams. SMU, uh, it's weird. They've kind of had a split season, 11 and 5 to start the season to the over. Currently on a 2 and 8 over their last 10 uh, to the over. So more unders have come in. But given where this is right now in these two teams, I expect uh, both of these teams to play to the scoring average in the 70s. They both average above 75 points per game. Plus, Houston has gone over in five of their last seven, and they are nine and five to the over within conference play. So should be a fast one, up pace one. Uh, we'll take over 137. Illinois and Michigan here. Uh, it, it, Tough to trust Illinois against the number. They're one and four over the last five, three and eight over their last eleven against the spread. Michigan needs this win. This this game feels very similar to me as Purdue, Michigan State did yesterday. Michigan really only has one good win. That was at Purdue. They could use this to beef up their resume. Down the stretch, they're going to have some opportunities to do that to try to make the NCAA tournament. After Illinois, they get Iowa, top 25 team. Michigan State after their big win yesterday over Purdue. And Ohio State, another top 25 team. So this is a game that Michigan needs to really beef up their resume. These teams are statistically similar, and they both score in the 70s. So I'm going to play the over 141. I think you're getting a good number here. Uh, but it should be a good matchup between the big men, between Kofi Cockburn and Hunter Dixon of Michigan. A lot of points in the paint today. A lot of high percentage shots uh, should get us to both teams in the low 70s and cover this 141. UConn at Georgetown. Uh, this is a small play for me. Uh, Georgetown has lost 17 in a row. And although uh, they've been good to betters on the whole for this season, as far as covering the number, they are just three and seven over their last 10. UConn has destroyed the bad teams in the Big East. They've beaten Butler twice by double digits. They've beaten Georgetown um, by double digits, covering a 15 and a half point spread earlier this year. This win is important for UConn from a standpoint of seeding. Uh, you don't want to drop a game. They already have a bad loss in their schedule to, w, uh, to WVU, even though they have wins over Auburn and Nova. Um, outside of the three-point loss to DePaul that Georgetown had last time out, uh, six of their previous losses were by eight points or more. That's enough for me to back the UConn Huskies here with a small play, not a big one, because it is a big number. And taking Georgetown at home um, for their final home game of the year on senior day for a really bad team in the Big East, tough to bet against, especially catching double digits, but a small play on UConn. And then finally in college, uh, Ohio State at Maryland, 22nd-ranked Buckeyes. Against the Terrapins, Buckeyes laying four in this spot. Maryland is bad home team. Uh, they're a bad home team this year against the number five and 11 at the Comcast Center. Ohio State won the first meeting by 15. They shot 42% from three. As I told you, this is an Ohio State team that if they don't make threes, they don't win games and it's hard for them to cover. And they are in a little bit of a letdown spot. I perceived caution here because they had that big win over Illinois earlier in the week, 86 to 83. So it feels like it could be a little bit of a letdown spot here for Ohio State against a bad Maryland team. Um, I have to trust them not to falter. Ohio State is another team that kind of needs to continue um, to get some signature wins. Not that they're not going to tournament.
anymore. But it's just one of those things where a kid like EJ Liddell, who's vying for player of the year honors uh, and the Naismith award comes out and has a big game against his opponent. Terps have a bad defense. They're 264th in America uh, defending the three point shot. Again, Ohio state, one of the best three point shooting teams in America, number 23 in the nation. um, When it comes to three point shooting, that's enough for me to back the Buckeyes here on a short number. And, uh, and go with Ohio State laying the four. So, yes, folks, I realize a lot of overs and a lot of favorites. Uh, not exactly a spot where I want to be, but the numbers tell me what I need to know. One ice pick for you today. Uh, as the Edmonton Oilers will face off against the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, and I'm going to take the first period over one and a half goals. Edmonton, one of the best first period over teams in the league, 28-18-5 and five this year to first period overs. Now, Carolina, not a great first period over team. However, over their last 10 games and at home, by the way, they are at 500 when it comes to first period overs. Um, Anna McDavid and crew, they should be able to get one goal. And I think Carolina will tie it up for the end of the first. And you go through into go to intermission at a 1 1 game. If not, Edmonton possibly could score two goals. But um, this is a good spot here for a first period over. So I'm going to back the Oilers and Hurricanes, a first period over one and a half. Those are my plays for the day uh, here. In college basketball, NBA, and of course, one ice pick for you. Appreciate everybody spending their, Saturday, their Sunday with me and their Saturday. It was with you guys both days. Up next, the Lombardi line, Patrick Mara, Mike Lombardi. Make sure you guys stay tuned to VSIN throughout the day for all your gambling needs. Thanks so much for joining me on Point Spread Sunday. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zuno. Thanks for watching and listening to VSIN, the sports betting game. heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free at